Hello and welcome to Under the Floodlights this week on the show. Penalties, penalties and more penalties. Come on lads, just keep the hands down, would you? Thiago Silva learns the hard way that football's pretty difficult when you're playing against strikers who haven't spent the week working 12-hour days on La Ferme. That's French for farm. Okay, fine, we'll say it. Everton and Leicester are good. West Ham pick up their first points of the season. And Chris Wilder's left wondering, will Sheffield United ever score again? My name's Darren Scott and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, Bailey Hutchison, Christopher England. And before we kick off today, I believe, Bailey, you want to make a statement? Yes, I've written a statement after last week's episode, after comments I made. So, with regards to columnist in The Guardian I spoke about last week, his name is Barney Ronay, not Barry something, as was stated in the episode. I'd also like to address the list of names I produced when talking about uh, Barney, as I feel it'd been unfair to Barney. He has also not written articles on the following players who may have got a bigger job thanks to their playing career. That includes Arteta, Guardiola, Henri, Solskjaer, Ancelotti, Luis Enrique, Ruud Hullet, Robbie Di Matteo, Johan Cruyff, Didier Deschamps, Kenny Dalglish, Diego Simeone and Antonio Conte. I was going to suggest a boycott of The Guardian, but then I realised this is a podcast and not Extinction Rebellion. More importantly, I would like to make it known that I have a problem which I'm working to address and my co-hosts have been... Very kind to help me along with it, and that is referring to Chelsea Football Club as we, as of this moment, no way employed by the football club, and merely spend too much time of my week thinking about them. I'd like to thank Chris and Darren for their patience as I work to resolve this. Thanks. Yeah, great. And um, listen, I think in fairness to Bailey, he wasn't alone last week. Um, no. If we're being very honest, there was a very prevalent subtext of self-indulgence in last week's episode. There was talk of the international nature of the podcast, the newfound influencer status that we may or may not have, and in general, just the rise in each of our social capitals that occurred after week one. I think we were all on the come down of a bit of a dopamine high, and uh, rest assured we've been brought right back down here by last week's analytics, and I think this episode will be a much more humble affair all around, and, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. It. Great to be back. <laughs> yeah, good to be back, boys. So, um, I guess, listen, where do we want to start this week? Um, I think, you know, handballs were a thing again this week. Three one days to start. Mm. Man United. So They're an awful team. Yeah, well, I mean, let's get that <laughs> out of the way. Awful First of all, team. Man United stink. Um, so, they do, I said this to you guys before. I think I said it in last week's podcast, the, the lack of creativity, um, despite having a number of on paper very good players was, was frightening. Um, if anyone checked our, uh, predictions on the, on the blog, um, you guys, I think both put United down to win. I actually had no confidence that they were going to win that game. I, I backed, <laughs> yeah, I frightened to get a draw. And to be fair, Brighton were very unlucky not to win the game if they well, could. Te- well, technically within full, full time, they did get a draw. Well, indeed, they, yes, Billy. They did. They did. I think in general, they were. If they could finish, if they could score goals, <laughs> if they could take chances, they'd probably have scored five or six. Which well, I mean, was the, it? There was Trossard hit every, every oh, yeah. area mm-hmm. of the frame. Like he, he's hit the crossbar, he's hit the left post, hit the right post. Mm. Like what an afternoon. Yeah. Good little player. <laughs> well, I'd like to see him score, Chris. Um, <laughs> well, well, it's Brighton and Hove Albion, Darren, we are, we are talking about here. So. Played some good football. Um, but yeah, Great. listen, the big, the, the big talking point obviously is, uh, full time whistle went. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, Brighton had had an effort, or sorry, Manchester United had an effort cleared off the line by a Brighton player. Uh, the full time whistle was blown and Manchester United surrounded the, the referee who then was sent to, as per, as per, uh, who then, went to the VAR screen at the side of the pitch, saw that Neil Mopay had indeed put his hand in the air and uh, made contact with the ball, which 
you know, Brighton continued to complain afterwards. I don't really know what exactly they were shouting at the referee for because <laughs> it was a pretty blatant handball. It was. Um, but a penalty was given. So even though the full-time whistle had went, everyone came back onto the pitch. Um, Bruno Fernandes put a penalty in the top corner and then the referee blew the full-time whistle again. Yeah, I mean, like, what, what sort of precedent does this does this set? I mean, it was kind of just brushed over by everyone saying, oh, well, you know, it happened in, the incident happened in normal time, so it's fine. Mm. Is it though? It is, yeah. If by the no, no, I, I get, I get, it is, but is it though? I agree. I'm not a fan of it. Like, what are we? Are we just going back in? Yeah. Well, I mean, I it happened, it. and we didn't like it. Let's go back. But it was a penalty. Like it was clear. Uh, it was clearly a penalty. But, but you yeah, can, I agree. You can blow the whistle. It's a bit. <laughs> well, I think I think that Brighton didn't do themselves any favors because you know they hung around. There's a shock. They. Surrounded the referee as well. Lewis Dunk got involved. Neil Mopay will have known that he handballed that. So what he should have been doing, as soon as that full-time whistle went, he should have rallied them and got them inside. Because <laughs> I'd like to see, surely on. they can't restart a game if Brighton have just fled the pitch. <laughs> he knows he's handballed that. So the fact that he's hanging about looking at the screen of oh, what's going to happen. No, get the 10 boys around you and get back to the changing room. He, he kind of deserved idea. that after his effort, his penalty. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's what he deserves, yeah. the way he got on once he scored that penalty. Oh. It's too early in the game to be chipping a penalty, never mind the celebration. Like when, Whenever I saw the handball, I was like, just give it. Just give it against that guy, because the guy's a prick. I mean, I mean, it's classic Brighton Hove Albion, you know. They think they're better than everyone because they've been in the Premier League for three years. I love this. We're going to find out today why we have no listeners to this podcast in Brighton. Mm. Chris, you don't like Brighton. Well, look, <laughs> look. It's not. It's not that. I, it's not that I don't like Brighton. It's that I don't. I think they get brushed over um, compared to every other team in the Premier League, despite the fact that they have barely stayed up for three seasons in a row, um, and the, uh, nobody bats an eyelid. So everyone thinks they're great because they're a nice club with a nice stadium and they're on the south coast and everything. They stay, they stayed up at the same time as West Ham last year. Everyone thought, oh, Graham Potter, what a manager. He's done brilliantly. They got one point more than other Chris Hewton. Well, nice kit, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be something that comes up, I think, uh, over the course of the season. You'll see that, that regardless of how well Brighton play, regardless of what they do that is positive, Christopher has a bias against them, and that will come out, and that will affect well, well, I mean, forward. I mean, the, the issue is as well that they beat West Ham on virtually every game we played them. Well, Christopher, but, if you're getting annoyed at teams that beat West Ham... I mean, well, I mean, the other <laughs> thing is, the other thing about Brighton is that they were so embarrassed by the fact that they stayed up for two seasons solely because of Glenn Murray, who's 37, um, that they wanted to just change things up and stayed up by one extra point. Um, and now they've got Al Milano. What? Glenn can still do a job in the league the way he plays. Oh, well, they've got rid of him now. So, but uh, listen, anyway, we, we talked about Sorry. the penalty. That wasn't, yeah, a little rant over there from Chris. Um, <laughs> Good start. Yeah, we listen. We talked about the the handball there. That wasn't the only handball that happened um, in this weekend. It, it came around quite a bit. There was a handball in the in the Everton Palace game uh, that went to VAR, and there was also a handball in the Spurs Newcastle game, which I think really. Uh, got people pretty wound up. I think that one especially, it seemed harsh on Eric Dyer. Um, but what did you guys think of those ones? Well, for me, watching watching the games, uh, there's 
I've had an issue with a lot of football shows for years because I've always gone, I hate how much they talk about refs and how much they talk about girls. <laughs> mm. But now that we're doing one, I find that that's all you can talk about. And they're laws, not rules. Yeah, the law. <laughs> yeah, that's what we found out this weekend. No one takes responsibility for these rules. There's a couple of guys at the IFAB who are apparently responsible for everything, but we don't know who these people are. So, well, you just have to guess. Mm. But okay. for for the Spurs one, it, everyone came out and was like, "This is an absolute disgrace. This this is an absolute joke. It's killing the game." And you watch Sky Sports week in week out. And I'm sorry, but see, whenever that ball comes off Carroll's head and it hits that arm. If that's not given, what happens to that if it goes the other way? That image is just frozen and shown in every paper, shown in every TV. What, what do you mean? Whenever that ball hits Eric Dyer's arm, right? what's going to happen there is that's always going to be analysed and they're going to look at that going, well, the ball clearly hits his arm. I don't get why all of a sudden we're now changing opinions because that ball does hit his arm. His arm's in the air wildly. That's a penalty all day for me. All day. Oh, all right. I think if if that happens against any of those pundits' teams, they're looking (laughs) at it, and then that's 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 coming up in the paper the next day. That freeze frame where that ball is touching his hand, and they're going absolute disgrace that that wasn't given. I just don't get it. What? Well, it's what your philosophy of what a handball is, really. I mean, because because apparently this is they're doing this this season because every other league in the world is apparently doing this. So they're yeah, saying that this has but Watching the yeah. Champions League for years, this is the way the handball rule to me has always been. I don't get why all of a sudden we're now making a bigger deal of it. Everything I've seen of it, ball has hit a hand. And now well, all of a sudden we're just going, oh, this is a disgrace. This needs changed. Up. So I think the reason that it's been so prevalent in the first few weeks is, is the amount of times it seems to have happened and happened when, you know, the if you look at the Everton one, his hands are by his side relatively speaking Joel Ward yeah Joel yep. Ward they're not exactly outstretched by any means and, and the ball comes off it but I think the reason it's kicked up such a fuss is the amount of penalties that have been given so um at the moment so we've played three weeks bearing in mind not all teams have played three games because of the the late start for mm-hmm. a couple of teams but in three weeks we've had 20 penalties awarded mm-hmm. um so far if we continue at the rate that we're going uh, there's going to be around 250 penalties over the course of the season uh, last year for comparison's sake there were 92 penalties and that was with Man United breaking the record by getting 14 in one season um, so at the rate we're going Leicester I think of 5 in 3 games which is um, although I don't think many of theirs were handballs yeah, that's yeah. a different story and that is but just at the rate we're going there are, there are going to be so many penalties and I think that's why people are yeah. starting to, to get a little bit frustrated about it Soonest actually mentioned this. Soonest, I thought, was the funniest reaction to it. Of course he was. Because uh, Michael Richards was sitting there and Michael Dawson were sitting there both giving off about it. And Soonest had like a wry smile on his face, (laughs) waiting waiting for for it to come to him. And it's like, Graham, what do you think about this? He goes, well, in a perverse way, we're getting more goals. (laughs) We're getting more action. (laughs) I love it. And I thought this is so unsoonest. I think as well, if all of them are given... Yeah, that's the thing. You just need consistency with it. Yeah, I mean, listen, my, my take on it is... I think I think they probably will review the law. I think they will probably change it in some way, and I think they'll do it soon. I think They apparently w- can't. Well, 
I don't apparently know. the next the next FIFA thing apparently is in March. Right. Apparently okay. No what what what, what can they do? Are they not be all be, are they not all been arrested or something anyway? <laughs> well, here we well, go. There we go. I, I mean, I mean, genius <laughs> was going full Brexit uh, by on match of the day by saying, you know, well, you know, we are, you know, our league is better. You know, our, our league, league has always been the best. Our league is uh, well, better. No, no, it, it is. But uh, I, I agree. I agreed with him. But the way that he put it was quite funny. Mm. Yeah, he was. He was so close to saying the word continental. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the argument that that really gets me wind up is when you're hearing pundits. Um, ex-footballer pundits specifically who use the justification of well I used to play in the league and I'd have hated <laughs> that to happen to me so they're all jumping on that saying well I used to be yeah. a player and therefore no I'm sorry you used to be a player you're now nothing You're if you're not a Premier League player you're nothing that's the rules of the podcast and it, it, that argument just isn't strong enough and another point is that we can sit and whine about it all we want, and the players can sit and whine about it all they want. At the moment, the law is the law. So what I would be doing is, A, buy yourself a goalkeeper who's pretty good at saving penalties, and B, get your professional footballers during the week in training hitting some PKs. Well, indeed. Well, this, Let's this get proactive thing. about it. Let's yeah. stop, you know, all gurning, whining, oh, this law needs changed. Okay, you've no control over that. Start hitting a few in training. Yeah, there was a lot of like pundits going, it's like, oh, well, all footballers should now just be flicking the ball up into on the opponent's hands in the box. Well, why don't you? Yeah. Well, if, that's, if that's the way it's going to go, you know, play, play the rules. When it all costs culture. When it I, all I, costs culture. I mean, by the sounds of it, we won't actually have a league by next week because Hodgson's going to go on strike. <laughs> <laughs> the way he was chatting about it. He um, doesn't know where he is. He's of that age. <laughs> He must have seen some, like, he's been around the game so long, there must have been so many changes that Roy's seen. You know, yeah, oh, of course. managing in Italy in the 90s, like, I did, did you see that? that the block. Yeah, did you see that he, apparently, before last season, the last time they managed against each other, Hodgson and Ancelotti, was in 96 in That's Syria. That's wild. Mm. That's nuts. Okay, I like seeing Roy looking happy. Palace are doing quite well. Fuck Just yeah, nice to see him is. sitting there yeah. looking pretty content. Yeah. So, yes. Black Palace, yeah. Yeah, um... Anyway, Leicester City. That, oh, that one threw some people right. around. Right, right. Let's get into that. No, no. You two need to. I think you just need to um, make a statement yourselves here. Nope. Now, nope. all now the the podcast listeners will not be aware of this, but mm. my two co-hosts here, they genuinely think that Leicester City, Premier League winners in twenty sixteen, um, are a bad team. That's not true. You're putting uh, words no, in our mouth. Yeah, you um, change that. And. Not not just that they think Brendan Rodgers is a bad manager. You're which I words personally think personally think is completely biased by the fact that Darren's a Liverpool fan. Incorrect again, Christopher. We have never said Brendan Rodgers is a bad manager, nor have we ever said Leicester are a bad team. We have said Brendan Rodgers is a fraud. We <laughs> called him fraud. Bren- Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> and we stand by that. We Leicester are not season. a bad team, but Leicester have a few frauds in the mix. Leicester bottled a couple of things last season. That's the point we're making. Look, they, they did bottle it a wee bit after lockdown. I, oh, I do accept that. Bit, a wee Chris, bit, Chris. They they were third from November and finished fifth. <laughs> like playing Europa League football this year. If you watch that Spurs documentary, anytime they show the table, you look up and you see Leicester until lockdown happens. Well, and you're well, going, indeed. Oh dear, yeah. What on earth happened there? Mm. I think my favourite part of the that Leicester win was the pivotal role that a player called Nampolis Mendy played. Do you know who this guy is? I've heard his name. So, so Napoli's Mendy. Um, so he, he, they signed him in 2016, and he was the replacement for Kante. And they literally bought him because he's exactly the same build and height 
is a CDM from the French League. And he has barely played for Leicester for the whole time he's been there. Was somehow rewarded with a new contract in the summer <laughs> and played an absolute blinder against City. Did the oh, that was great. City did their recruitment based purely on stereotypes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was great that we had a wee few, wee, few wee turns against De Bruyne and all was great. <laughs> yeah, I think, listen, it was a game, if, if you like seeing good goals, and we talked about this before yeah. in the podcast, that not all goals are equal. Well, and if indeed. you like seeing some goals that are maybe worth a little bit more than others, I think there was a few in that game. Mares, stunner. Uh, oh, Madison, yeah. stunner. Um, yeah. And this is what I'm talking about with the whole not all goals are equal. We need to find some sort of coefficient that we can start multiplying the goals <laughs> by because Mares's goal was a stunner. But come the end of the game, it wasn't actually as good as it was when he hit it because they ended yeah. up losing 5 2. Meaningless. You know, yeah, exactly. It was meaningless. Oh, wow. You know, so you've got to factor things like that in. Um, something else that, that I noticed is, you know, in an era where so many players, and we are having more penalties as we talked about, in an era where uh, so many players are stuttering and trying to look all cool and pass it into the corner, Jimmy Vardy just kicks penalties hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it yeah. does a daft celebration. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I, I love Vardy. I think he's absolutely class. Yeah, I um, like that type of penalty. But the, the thing about um, the thing about City, I don't think I, I don't think I fully appreciated. Um, they have a serious lack of leadership in that team. Um, now that so in the past couple of years, Arteta, company, Silva, and Aguero when he's not on the pitch are all gone. And when you looked at the team that played against City, like. Fernandinho and De Bruyne were on the pitch, but there's a, I, I think losing Arteta has made more of a difference to City than anything else. Right, that's I mean a, you're, that's a big call. You're very much in the Arteta bandwagon, though. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, fair enough. That is a huge call. Arteta, bigger miss than like company. Um, well, well, well. I mean, they're the two biggest, aren't they? I mean, sure, Silva, PFA Team of the Year last year, oh, well, of course. Yeah, he's, but, he's complete fraud. <laughs> <laughs> so he is. Um, but fraud. I mean, like, uh, yeah, like Nathan Ake, yeah, like, uh, yeah, and he scores. Just in an awkward, awkward stage, I think. City. Like, <sighs> a lot of those older players have now gone. You now have like a few of the younger lads, like Foden and all. You look at the City bench yesterday; it was all kids. Mm. They're just in uh, a real uh, awkward. Yeah. Moment right now, Mendy awful. Yeah, Mendy like absolutely awful. I actually don't think he's good enough. The, uh, the, the penalty he gave away was beyond oh, clumsy. Like, did you did you see Rodri like punch the ground after that? Uh, he must just get so <laughs> well, he must up do that. seeing that. Yeah, he must do that most of the time. He watches Mendy to be fair. Um, can we also discuss the fact of the the striker that came on um, for City, who is Rory Delap's son? Yeah, I saw that. Um, the guy looks like an absolute brick house, and he's about, he's only seventeen. I wonder what Rory Delap thinks of that because mm. you know Rory played in a slightly different era, played in a very <laughs> different system. You know, it's sort of it was Stoke football. It was ugly. You know, oh yeah, it was hard Yeah, it was hard Pulis conditions. Stuff. It was rough. It was it was right, that type across, of football. Yeah. Do you think he looks at his son now and goes, you know, entitled, posh? Yeah soft you know these 100%. sorts of things because he's playing at a team that that yeah. play lovely football you know he must yeah. look at him go Phew. you know the pitch is like a carpet yeah you know you're not you're not my you're not my son <laughs> you know stuff like that <laughs> absolutely I think that's um but again i said to you boys about that lad how like 
how quickly do you think he's going to get sick of the long throw-in question that he's going to oh. like inevitably he probably get gets it already every interview yeah that's that's he, him now he looks years. about six five himself <laughs> wow like yeah, I think he's he's probably utilize that. Yeah, he's probably under he's probably under more pressure than any other player in the Premier League to never have a foul throw. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> just you know, you imagine Dad just standing, you know, hands on the back of his head, shaking his head, looking at him in the crowd, mm-hmm. you know, shooting daggers at him. It was it was also great to see the return of the scrum cap in that game. Um, Eric Garcia. Eric Garcia after hit. Do you remember that last year after lockdown he got absolutely obliterated by Ederson? Yeah, there was oh, no. Re- yes. I remember Ederson showing no remorse. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Didn't go over psycho- and check if he was okay. Proper psychopath stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was honestly one of the worst collisions I've ever seen in live sport. Ederson just didn't charged thirty Ederson yards. At all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just got on with the game. He's like, right, fella, get off, hurry up. We yeah. have a game to win here. Yeah. <laughs> It it was interesting. Did you did you guys hear any of the comments made by Man City after the after the result? So yeah. they handled it. Is this what Rodri said? Something. Rodri and and Man Pep Guardiola also made a statement, but I think they handled it really in in the only way appropriate and something that I very much can get on board with in this podcast is they both came out and basically questioned. Yeah, Leicester won, but l- how did it look while they won? It was <laughs> counter attack. They didn't play for you know. It wasn't the right way. It didn't You're look right. Piece. And I really appreciated that, like just sit, sitting on their high horse, like yeah, they beat us five three, but or five two, but you know we're still better than them, and they know Brilliant. it. No, I, I hate it all. I hate whenever teams. It's classic city, isn't it? No, I love Guardiola it. Guardiola teams are the worst for it. Yeah. I love it, hundred <laughs> percent. Complete snobs. So love they it. Are. Like I mean, they are beaten, terrible. Like, let's be honest. Been beaten by a long ball over the top three times to give away penalties, <laughs> and then a Rasper from Madison. You know, it's it's hilarious. It was great. It was great. Yeah, so I think about to spend stupid amount of money to fix it again. I know defender, which yeah. probably won't fix it. Yeah, well, listen, City are in that sort of awkward phase where we talked about it. I think in episode one of of good teams and teams that challenge for things, uh, you know, putting a marker down early that we're not going to concede goals, and then second half of the season teams come and, and take it a bit easier because they don't think they can get a result. And I think City at the moment teams know they can get at them. They know their defense isn't good enough, and and that's putting a lot of pressure, yes, on the defense, but also on the attack to go on and score goals as well. And I think until they start stamping their authority and getting a few clean sheets under the belt, I think that's the way it's probably going to remain for. It'll probably be a while before that happens as well. Well, a while. Oh, the finally on his way out. Um, so, well, a while or two hundred million. One or the other. Well, indeed. Um, Okay, so um, Chelsea West Brom. Yes. A wild ride. Yes. What a Saturday night. Yeah. Who wants to take that one? Chris, you work away. Um, Oh, well, I I just, I just thought it was hilarious. I mean, I mean, it was great. The best part about it was definitely when Sheer, if if Genus was going full Brexit, Sheer was going full, full Brexit. When after Thiago Silva <laughs> made the mistake in his debut, when he is literally the most experienced defender in world football right now, he said, "Ah, you don't get that time in our league." <laughs> um, it's not a farmer's league. Really. That was that was by far my favorite uh, part of the match. I think just before, I'm sure Bailey, you're probably going to get into some of the actual you know football analysis, but. Uh, for me, terrible kits all around in that game. Oh, yeah, it was a real, it was a real attack on the eyes. Well, I mean, I, I quite like West Brom's stripes, but it's the idea of boilers, obviously. It's all of it. Oh, you don't. All oh, right, okay. Bit mm. minging. not well, good. It works for the underskin, but yeah, Bailey, how was it sitting watching that? 
it was yeah i text you boys before the game mm-hmm. about I wasn't hopeful whenever I was seeing the starting starting lineup because oh. you look at a back five. So I'm including the keeper here, back five of a oh, yeah. six, sixty year old goalkeeper, <laughs> a, le- a left back who isn't a left back. Your new thirty six year old uh, centre half who can't speak a word of English but yet is captain. <laughs> it's that, captain. Yeah. That, that was getting a bit shooter there. Playing and on then, the wrong side of defence, apparently. Yeah, and then uh, Andreas Christensen, who's the most fragile man ever. Awful. Him. And then Rhys James. I, I love Rhys James, so we'll we'll leave him alone. But yeah, the the other three beside him and Caviar, I was like, this this does happen because whenever you go to teams like West Brom. Teams, they're going to counter-attack on you. So you want one or two reasonably quick guys in your team to avoid that. Tiago Silva, just... Oh, my... <laughs> the guy but, but you, well, you have to play so him, it's, but, but it's more Christensen. And that's the thing, you have to play them like a Zuma or a Rudiger beside him rather than a Christensen and an Alonso by the other side. Himself you, had yeah, but what's happening with Rudiger? Apparently he's off the PSG. <laughs> Do replace Thiago Silva? Yeah, Frank. Frank's apparently used the guy to bring in Havertz and Werner, and is now shipping him out. Right? There's no friends in football. Well, well indeed. Yeah. Do you think uh, Thiago Silva? Obviously, the mistake he made has been getting replayed on social media for the last few days. Do you think uh, has he caught whatever eye disease that Kepa has? <laughs> I, no, I. I it's the classic issue of he's, he's come to England not knowing the weather and not put on the right studs. I don't think the studs are long enough for, mm. for the wet turf. You know, you don't get... I imagine that the turf in Paris is is a lot better than that at the Hawthorns. Probably because it's maintained by farmers. They know their turf. Well, I, I mean, I, I really have to... No, I'm just saying. Oh, we're done, right. That, that, that no. Darren's now made a statement about farmers. Uh, well, well, yeah, we can, we can pass over that. Why on <laughs> earth does he not play as Piliqueta every game? I, I I really don't understand. There's no leadership in that defence whatsoever. You're big yeah. on leadership, Chris. Uh, well, it's impo- well, that's because I support West Ham, and we've had a dearth of it for about four <laughs> years. Uh, and then he got relegated every time. It's, no, it's, think- you know, you play Alonso and you play Christensen, and you're like, well, what do you expect? And Caballero, like, what, what yeah. do you expect? Funny, I actually read today, I, I didn't say it after the game, about Marcus. He was taken off at half time for us, Pelicuela, and Chelsea yeah. became a better team. Yeah. But what I didn't realize is, I've seen uh, written today about Marcus Alonso getting a dressing down, apparently, after the game, because at half time, whenever he was told he was subbed, he said, I'm going to watch the rest of this game on the team coach, which what? surprised me because I didn't think he got off the coach. Very good. We should give West Brom some credit. Um, yeah. For example, that guy, Pereira, looks like an absolute baller. Yeah, I think um, you had good little credit to, to yeah. like, all the goals. Like I thought it was for a Saturday night game, three, three goals, but mad. Mm-hmm. You know, but those West Brom boys... You know, you, you score three against Chelsea in the first half and you don't win the game. Well, that's going to be tough. Well, Slavin said he was proud, so there we go. Yeah, Christopher, mm. who's who's the um, West Brom goalkeeper? Sam Johnson. Okay. Sam Johnson did, um, for the Mason Mount goal, the first one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Why do goalkeepers do this thing where they just don't dive? I like, even think if you're beaten, I, I give it a that, go. Yeah. Yeah, and they look around as though, whoa. Not saving that. Yeah, just look at defenders. Oh, come on, guys. You could have stopped that shot. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't know if you, Sam. I don't know if you saw just before we came on the Fulham goalkeeper uh, do a very horrendous effort as well. Trying to. Well, no, because we're not talking so. about Fulham. 
Oh, sorry. Yes, film or dying. Apologies. Yeah, film yeah, or yeah, dying. Yeah. Yeah, I also on. wasn't. I also wasn't watching that camera angle at Craven Cottage again. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, we haven't really even touched upon the fact that Chelsea did come back from three goals down. Um, yeah, well, I mean, and, I, and the three goal scores. To be fair, so this summer Chelsea spent a stupid amount of money, and the three goal scores were all homegrown academy boys. So well, oh, oh you're no, I love this. You're clinging to all this little sort of, all that sort of uh, homegrown. Do, how does that I, make I, us look? Sort of thing. I, I, I like I, that. I, I love to see it. You know, you, well, there's well, there's a tension. Be talents there. But, be, but, the goals, but be like, there, there is a tension because those players were still part of your heart, like harvesting players system and see which ones make a profit they just happen to be good no, no this lot have just been there right time right place so they have because yeah. if, you know if the transfer balance stuff wasn't there probably this lot wouldn't have as much as i would disagree because i do think they're all good enough to play no they, yeah. no, they, they are good enough but as in like i don't think they expected like tammy abraham when he was at swansea in the premier league and he was horrendous you know, to make it as well as he has done. No, hundred percent, not a not a chance. But yeah, it's it's great. So even even Hudson and Dwight, great game. To be fair to him, well, he's a came, good player. Came, came yeah, in the second half had a really good half despite the struggles he's had and a lot of chirp that's been going around. That must be nice coming on, sort of no pressure. You're three 0 down. If you lose the game, you get to walk back into the change room and point the finger at everybody else. That must be <laughs> nice conditions to come on and play a football <laughs> match in. <laughs> Uh, w- one last thing to say about that game. Uh, Romain Sawyers for West Brom, uh, I think, is the first St. Kitts and Nevis player to ever play in the Premier League. Oh, well, good for him. I like that stat, Chris. Good, good mm. fact. Yeah, yeah, good. Caribbean nation. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Uh, yeah. Would say good little player, but don't know who he is. Um, I do a game. You <laughs> So uh, we want to touch upon it quickly. At time of recording, Liverpool Arsenal has just finished. Um, so we probably should mention a little bit. There wasn't too much interesting that happened in the game uh, other than um, Hector Bellerin having two fall throws. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if there's anything that you guys wanted to say on that. But I, I had a message from a friend of mine called Scott um, yeah. who, who sent me a message, you know, speaking very highly of the podcast. And I thank Scott for that. But um did try to offer some advice that we need to talk more about how serious Arsenal are about challenging for honours, and he has said that Arteta is building an army. So I just want to say to Scott and to Arteta as well, be careful when you come for the throne. Okay, remember he's at the top of the mountain. If you bring an army to Anfield, you better not miss. All right, and that's all I want to say. That's all I want to say about that. Who's this guy? Uh, anything you guys want to say on Liverpool Arsenal? We're moving right on to the West Ham United. Um, no, very little from that game to be fair Liverpool better team that's, that's correct <laughs> yeah, yeah Jota's a, a good um, a good signing Stinking he's so much better than Origi yeah what, yeah it did sort of roll down the shin a bit the yeah. goal <laughs> and Lacazette's both Ugh. Ugh. oh Lacazette's was yuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> that was horrendous uh, you didn't want to see it go in yeah but anyway you know Arsenal on the up um, West Ham Wolves Christopher have it come on uh, I mean I listen I actually I don't really know what to say mm. um, I, I don't shocked. really know what to say because I, I can't explain this result no I, I can't explain the fact that we just beat Wolverhampton Wonders 4-0 we in the changing sorry, room sorry, as well the West Ham United yes here we go statement the, next week <laughs> I mean like 
even the, we actually did the same thing as Leicester. We played three at the back because we were so scared about our defenders. We? Pressure on the shot right here. Keep going. <laughs> so um, Fabian Balbuena, who like, I like, but he was horrific last season after having a nightmare for Paraguay in the Copa America. He was terrible all last year. We had to play him because the op got coronavirus. So we automatically went to a back three with Maswaku <laughs> taking uh, Diop's place at wing back. So I was like, "Oh, we're in for a ride here." Mm. Um, and 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 then Bowen just decided to tear them apart. Um, I don't I don't really know what happened. I mean, the best part is probably is either the fact that Moyes managed from Zoom, which I love, or the fact that Sebastian Haller is the most unhappy player in football. Um, Who still scores goals? Yes, um, can't stop. Yeah, like I'm not, you know, I don't have rose tinted glasses. If Declan Rice leaves before the transfer window is up and Haller is at his agent, I would be concerned. But you know what? I'll take a 4 0 against Wolves. Yeah, I think it's a good result. I think you said in that, you know, analysis that included a lot of pronouns. <laughs> um, you you said you couldn't really explain it. I think the Wolves players just didn't want to get too close to West Ham because they'd all been close to COVID. Sick. Well, indeed. I, I didn't even think about that. Keep their distance. Fair play. Lose 4-0. Yeah, but we're all okay. We're all safe. We're all healthy. Smart. Get going I, again next week. I mean, I, I mean, one other thing. Um, Thomas Suchek, uh, I was I was absolutely rinsed by many people I knew um, when we <laughs> signed him in January because I was telling people, oh, this guy, he... He played in the Champions League against um, Barcelona and Dortmund and Inter and stuff. And he captained this Czech team and all. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's a Czech league and everything." I was like, "I was like, no, no, like, like, he'll, he'll be all right." And in a year, he'll you know, be playing in the Champions League. That is a bold claim. Uh, if he is, it certainly won't be with West Ham. Yeah, so one of those former fourth seed teams. Do we want to go to Bailey? You got it in the mud for us this week. There's been plenty of. Plenty of in the mud text you boys before because there's there's so many big week, big big week for it. So there there is there is one we came to conclusion on, but just want to call out a few others. Jose Mourinho, first of all, for being a grass for saying that <coughs> team Spurs played in the Europa League, their goals were too small. Which in his press, I, what was that about? He, yeah. he actually didn't seem angry. I think he was more raging. He's never tried it. Hmm. For someone who's so good at the dark arts, I was like, "Yeah, Jose sitting here going, wish I, wish I had it done that in there." But then there was also Rob McElhenney, the actor from All the Sunny in Philadelphia, for getting zero mentions in any headlines <laughs> as he's been outfit by Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. as both of them are investors in Wrexham or go- going to invest. Yeah. yeah so, like, what? So, are they Welsh originally or something, or what's happening there? Apparently, completely random. What? What? Uh, they just won by Wrexham. Wrexham, yeah. Ra- 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 I'm trying to. I'm trying to think his, of his any. His grandfather was a miner, and apparently Wrexham <laughs> was a mining town. That's the only connection. I North Wales, yeah. Yeah, I could find, but overall, the in the mud this week is the coach, which took the Oxford players to their game versus <laughs> Accrington Stanley. So, if who are those teams? Well, down there, a bit down, <laughs> bit down the footballing pyramid. So they, are, right. they may as well be amateur sides. Okay. But, yes, so in what was described in the Oxford Mail as a farcical start to the day, the Oxford team bus was halted because they used an alcohol-based sanitizer spray. They're being safe during this 
our pandemic times. Good on them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the coach, the driver, has a breathalyzer system to make sure he's not drink driving. And for the record, under the flood, floodlights is against drink driving. Correct. But whenever this uh, system kicks in, if it takes any alcohol, the engine won't start for six hours. So because this, oh, team were, right. this team were all being very safe, being very sensible, clearly the driver was as well, all using the sanitizer, this s- spray has somehow got into the breathalyzer and the engine's just gone, nope, not happening. So it's come up on his dashboard saying, can't move, locked, and he's gone, yeah, lads, it's going to take six hours. So all the boys had to get taxis and driven to the game against Accrington Stanley. But to be fair to Oxford, good end of the day. Thanks to a late double from Maddie Taylor, who I've never heard of. They beat Accrington Stanley 4-1. It's a good day. That's, is, that, is that the ex-West Ham, Maddie Taylor? Chris, not a clue. <laughs> he yeah, doesn't play not, in the Premier League. I'm no, not it's, no, it's not. If you're not the Premier League, you're nothing. Um, um, so, sorry. So, they were going from Oxford to, I think, Accrington's in Merseyside, if I'm correct. Um, I think it's fair enough distance. Who knows? So, it's, so it's not, uh, I mean, it's not like down the road kind of thing. Hi everyone, it's uh, Darren here doing the edit. Sorry to interrupt, just wanted to correct Chris and let you all know that Accrington is in Lancashire, uh, just north of Manchester. It's actually pretty close to Blackburn, uh, not Merseyside as Christopher had said there. Thanks, back to the show. Yeah, it wasn't a cheap taxi from what, I'm, from what I've heard. <laughs> I mean, that, that could have cleaned them out, no one, no one in the lower leagues. Yeah, well I was actually going to say, you know, they have been struggling for cash. Do you reckon it was sort of a an eighteen year old night out sort of deal where there were people in the boots as well? Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, squeezing well, people in, seatbelts not exactly on that sort of deal. Well, I thought this as well. So I think it was if say the driver had been on a few drinks, great excuse for him just to go ah lads up. Oh, see, you think hand. you think this is a cover up? Is that uh, what you're saying? I I, I don't want to put that out there, but. You never know. This could have worked at the driver's advantage, where he's he's had a few bevs and just gone. Oh, glad that sanitizer spray. Mm. I think it highlights the difference as well when you look at um, the Premier League teams. Have also said that they're struggling for money, um, and yet Arsenal flew up from London to to Liverpool today, and will fly back tonight. Meanwhile, Oxford have have essentially hitched a ride to Ax- uh, to <laughs> Accrington Stanley. Um, so it does show the difference and. Um, I suppose for me as well, you know, I'm assuming the way it works is all football teams, if they're employing coaches, uh, sort of put out a tender for that. Yes. Companies would then presumably bid for that tender. Um, I'm assuming you don't have the name of the coach company that that owns this, Bailey, but I think we can safely say they won't be Oxford's coach provider (laughs) next season. And they'll not be the coach provider for Under the Floodlights. Anytime soon. So, 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 was the people who sprayed the coach the people who own the coach, or was it Oxford? No, well, it's. I think it's a mix between. I think whenever the players have come on, so all the players and coaching staff were sat on the bus. So I think as they've come on, they've used it, but it was also cleaned before they got on. So I think the drivers done a clean before right. they'd come on, just so the smith doesn't even know his own machine clean. And then, yeah, it's somehow got into his system. Brilliant. Uh, I also like to point out as well that um, I've just just found out that the the Accrington Stanley Stadium is called the Wham Stadium. If you're gonna do it, do it right, right. Uh, 
fair enough. George um, Michael was a big um, acting fan. <laughs> Lots the game. Bailey, just to follow up on on uh, last week's In the Mud, and I'm not sure if you have any answers on this, but, oh. but any further on, on Williams' oh, yeah. search for uh, a life partner? <laughs> no mention of it. No mention? Like, like, no mention of it from Wayne or Gary. He's gone dark. It's a shame. So he has, which, well, it could mean the other way. He's maybe found someone tr- trying to keep a low profile. You know, you don't want to be, after one week of sliding into someone's DMs, chatting, you're not going to be posting that everywhere. Well, but Wayne does seem the type of guy that would. Mm. But again, he might just be, might have decided the private life is good for him. He's maybe auditioning of shit at the minute, because that's the type of lad that he is. Mm, fair. So in the mud this week is the Oxford coach. The Oxford team coach. The Oxford coach. Well, listen, boys, uh, I think that brings us to the end. I think well done to all of us on uh, a much more humble affair this week. Um, Christopher, very uh, poor performance on the Pro 9 watch. Um, (laughs) I got too passionate. Yeah, for anyone listening, the three of us keep a running tally of any (laughs) time somebody refers to the team they support as we, us, those sorts of comments and, and Bailey was by far in the lead on that tally but I think Chris has brought himself right back into it <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely delighted so I am so he has. West Ham it was a shambles I wasn't even there. thinking yeah it, it was it got it and even when it was mentioned you, there was one time you caught yourself you caught yourself <laughs> one point you could hear you sort of pause and laugh it was like oh he knows he said it oh, so he had so if there's any awkward giggles uh, in the podcast going forward you can probably um, guess why um, somebody's somebody's dropped a pronoun in there. Um, Indeed, but yeah, listen again to everybody who's who's listened in to everybody who's sent us a message or anything in the last couple of weeks. It's been really appreciated. Um, like Bailey says every week, please keep listening. Please keep getting involved. Um, if anyone has any more questions, we plug this every week. Send us questions because we need the content at the end. What's the address? Um, well, that's a great question, oh, sorry. Christopher. Uh, so there's the, the email address is under the floodlights pod at gmail.com. Uh, we also Easy. have an Instagram. We have a Twitter that's fairly inactive at the moment. And and also Christopher and Bailey were talking last week about, about their DMs. And if you want to send a question in via their DMs, please feel free to do so. Work away. Get them in. Get them in. Right. Uh, boys, thank you very much. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. See you next week. <laughs>